This episode of Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by DadSuggests.com. It's fatherly thoughts on kids' books, board games, and more. This week, he has a giveaway. All you need to do is subscribe, and you could win a copy of Lemony Snicket's The Dark. Um, I've never read that one, but um, there's some great material by that particular author. But anyway, uh, so subscribe, and you could win yourself a copy. And now on with the show. Quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Episode 24. How are you, Joe? I'm good. Welcome to the Dawn of Mantis podcast with your hosts, Barnaby Smoothcock and Scooter Davenport. We've got the key to the pleasure chest. Let's do this. <laughs> Is Venus flytrap here? <laughs> WKRP in Cincinnati. Great show. So so my mom came over the other night and um, she kind of sat with us. So it was a nonstop of finding things on YouTube that I thought she would like. But I will say this. Um, I did uh, find a bunch of old 60s songs that I forgot all about that are amazing songs. Have you ever heard that Red Rubber Ball song? The sun is shining like a red rubber ball. I don't know that I have. Oh, man. It's it's an awesome song. It's got like flutes and stuff in it, cool. like in the background. But, uh, you know, um, it makes me... I might go back and, and kind of do a little... Uh, you know, late fifties, early sixties searching for music because I'm kind of stuck in the seventies right now. So I think I might roll it back a little bit more. There's some yeah. really cool stuff. Back oh there. yeah, for sure. And the Motown stuff. Oh, don't even get me started. There's a new don't Motown show. If we ever get a chance to get, get out to the, uh, you know, Broadway. Um, it is our, did I say Motown show? Yeah. There, there's a Broadway show oh. based on Motown. It's the, the, um, temptations. Oh They're yeah. Doing, it's basically a, a, like a biography of the band, um, or the group. And, um, but they have like sing and sing, uh, song and dance numbers throughout. I was watching a report about it today. It looks really amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. So God, anyway. I love old Motown. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Sam Cook. Oh, yeah. I just watched a documentary on him. Did oh, you see really? that? Oh, really? No, I've never seen it. The Two Killings of Sam Cook. Oh, that's cool. Can't recommend it enough, but okay. man, cool. change I... is going to come. Oh, oh yeah. my God. And that guy can belt it. After yeah. you watch that documentary, after I finished watching it anyway, I was like, I think Sam Cooke is the most important musician maybe from this century. Yeah. I'm, Seriously. I don't hear his name dropped enough, really. I mean, it's, no. it's a kind of obscure in a way. I mean, in, in my circles, I guess. But <clears throat> Well, he was killed so young. Yeah. He was murdered for sure, at for such sure. a young age. Yeah. And uh, Have you heard the Call the Wind Mariah? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's oh, my I favorite version of that. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite version of that song. It's really well done. Yeah, so watch that documentary. It's yeah, awesome. I need to check it out. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. But, man. I love... I, you know, it's funny. I don't watch enough like music documentaries and I don't know why, because I can't think of the last time I was not impressed because for one thing, one thing it's got going for it is you're usually going to watch a documentary or a music documentary about a band that you like. So, I mean, it's already probably going to be good. Yeah. And then I, I just can't think of a time I've been like, ah, they didn't do it for me. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I guess, uh, I need to watch more. So if you get any recommendations of any, let me know. And you out there, uh, go to donamantis.com. You can get on contact, Kong, little, little, contact us. <laughs> I said Kong, like 
King Kong. Kong tacked us <laughs> for the new Dawn of Mantis Kong cast. That oh, sounds like a King, King Kong. Kong and Cactus yeah. mixed. <laughs> anyway, contact us and let let me know what uh, what I should check out. So uh, anyway, yeah, we were already talking about uh, searching for Sugar Man. That's another good yeah, music definitely. documentary. Definitely, someone should do a Jim Sullivan. That would be an that would be an amazing little documentary. Yeah, the uh, Light in the Attic Records guy, Matt Sullivan. It's only like five minutes, so it's not a documentary, but it is a really good brief. Like you know, it has video and audio, and it's a cool like super short. I guess you could call it documentary of it. Something I'm super excited about is um, I have access um, through my school to the master class. Have you heard of, heard about those? No, they're they're a bunch of different people have them, and really, you know, professional, famous people. Like, for example, uh, Ken Burns has one, like how I make documentaries. And it's basically, it's like a class, but it's, you know, it's like sessions of him talking about his craft. And there's all, and I can't think of any more right now, but there's... Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard has one, How I, I, Filmmaking. Yes, I just... It re- seems like Scorsese has one, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something like, I think for anyone out there, I'm going to, I think it's about $150. You get, you get any of them that you want. Which it sounds like a lot, but I mean, how often are you going to be able to learn how to make documentaries from Ken Burns? Exactly. You know, like detailed Man. how to do it. And Ron Howard. Yeah. And I, I think I think Ron Jeremy has one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. I hope so. <laughs> that's one of those Pixar jokes. You could just throw that out there. And if a kid's listening, they're like, who's that? Yeah. Of course, they'd Google it now. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do it. Okay, so anyway. here we go. Uh, episode twenty-four. Man, I'm I'm stumbling on it today. It's cool, man. Bizarre funeral rituals. Yes, funeral. Bizarre. <laughs> a bizarre way to say we, funeral. We had a couple of long necks. I promise the I show. didn't. I, I just do that sometimes. I get in a little a little funk, and then I don't know. I, I just got to kind of bang my head, and then I, <laughs> you know, like slap in the back of a computer. I think that's going to make it work. Yeah. Uh, have you tried turning it off and on again? Yeah, that's that's a classic IT joke. <laughs> so, all right, let's go. So, disclaimer, I'll probably mispronounce everything in here because this is another language, and I don't know. I'm not doing great with English. <laughs> so, do you want to read it? No, I definitely don't. I definitely know. So, I'm thinking this is Tarajan. I read it as Tarahan, like the J was the H sound, but then I watched a I watched a, a YouTube video and the guy said Tarajan, so I'm just going to copy that guy. I like it. Uh, the Taraja are an indigenous people in the mountainous South Sulawesi region of Indonesia. The Taraja have a rich history and thriving culture. In fact, we could spend a whole episode on the details of their complex society, but today I want to just focus on what I think is the most fascinating aspect of their culture, and that is the Tarajan funeral ritual. All right, I'm ready. Holy God. I'm buckled up. <laughs> Click it or ticket. The bags are packed. Ready to go. I don't know. I'm singing every damn four seconds on this and episode. And why are you why are you singing like that? I don't know. It's like John Denver just woke up. <laughs> so <laughs> The Tarajan do not view death like we do. And I just have to say, being a vocalist, that's that's why I give you crap for singing like that. Because it's like, come on. It'd be like a, you know, you bring Van Gogh over and he's drawing a stick man. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. You got you got you you got a crap, you got a gift, my friend. You, you know, you you when you sing, you got to sing. When you when you make jokes, you have to you sing purposefully bad. You know that? You oh, know, I know what I mean? I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I sing bad 
and not on purpose. No, whatever. I've got no. <laughs> that's not true, ladies and gentlemen. Ivan and I have delved into many musical projects we together, have. and 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 done like multiple vocal tracks and and all that. And he's he's a good singer, and backup singer no less. That's even harder. You've it's, got a, it's very difficult. Okay, we're already yeah. off topic. Here we yeah. go. The yeah. Tarajan. We're digging our own grave here. Boom <laughs> boom. <laughs> oh, it's getting hot in here. I tell you. The Tara- man, we were like devolving into the the Doctor Demento. I tell you, I tell you. <laughs> the Tarajan do not view death like we do. They do not mourn someone's passing. In fact, they celebrate it as the transition from this world to their ancestral resting place called Puya. Hopefully, that's what it's called. Sounds like they <laughs> sounds right. Close enough. They also do not have funerals like we do. In the West, we typically send our loved ones to a funeral home after they pass away where they are embalmed and preserved. Then, typically, we Typically, do. yeah. Sometimes uh, we're like, what should we do? <laughs> should we call the cops? Or... Yeah. Anyway. In the West, we weight our loved ones down with cinder blocks and dump them in the nearest body of water. That's... that's... Under the cover of darkness. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's... Uh, th- okay, so after we embalm them and preserve them, this is the West, where th- what we typically do. Uh, we, we have a viewing a few days later, and usually within a week or so, we bury them. Now, the Tarajan people also preserve their recently deceased, but that's where the similarities with the West end. You see, the Tarajan people do not see their relatives as dead during this period. Instead, after their pulse stops, they are seen as Tumakala or Tumama, which means they are sick or asleep. After the body is mummified, it is returned to the home where the family lives, and they continue to care for and interact with the body as if it were still alive. There are YouTube videos on of this happening. It's in, very interesting. Yeah, they'd what they would watch Weekend at Bernie's, and they'd be like, <laughs> "This, this is not funny. What's this is this it? is everyday life." <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought that movie was really good. Well, the first, the second one was crap, but the first one, of course I was a kid and I wouldn't watch it again. Don't watch your, the movie. Of course, I don't know. Was I a kid? I don't know. Teenager or whatever. Don't don't watch those again. You know, you will be disappointed. There are some exceptions like Ghostbusters. I can still watch it. It's an amazing show. Hell yeah. Uh, But uh, that is one that you don't want to check out again. I won't. I I haven't seen it since I was super young, so I won't. Yeah, it, it was just a good idea because, you know, it was just like, look at him. He's hanging over there. He's having a blast. And he had kind of a smirk on his face. The, and the yeah. Sunglasses. It's just kind of a good idea, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But keep going. <laughs> oh, cutting edge. We get at Bernie's breakdown this time on Dawn of Mantis podcast. <laughs> that's our, that's my short movie review. <laughs> uh they even continue to symbolically feed the corpse and offer it candies and cigarettes. In a video I found online, a Tarajan family can be seen. Yeah, I know. You want to smoke, Grandma? They can be seen combing their grandmother's hair, and she'd passed away two months previous. And they're washing her face, holding conversations with her, and offering her a drink of water. Hmm. I right. bet at that time you could probably, you know, she'd probably hold it and, and like hold it up, like the <laughs> like out the rigor mortis. Yeah, yeah. So isn't it, I think the stages, and I don't know for sure, but I, you know, once you die, right, you go into rigor mortis, but I think you don't stay like that. No, no. You go limp again, There's other stages. Um, Right. And I'm not sure what, what they are, but there's other stages. Yeah. And I, and I did read not so long ago what causes all of those, but I, I didn't retain any of that information. No, I think I watched a YouTube video about it. Uh, do Do you know about the body yard in Tennessee? 
that they have. Did we talk about that on a podcast no, before? No. So no. I guess the uh, I guess it's the FBI. I don't know. I don't know who would be in charge of this. They have a yard, like a fenced in place where they put oh, bodies. Yeah, and they study the decomposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them are half buried, and some of them are just laying on the ground. I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to bring that up because that I think that's really neat because. You know, they have somebody that work, or probably a crew that works there, and they do uh, s- studies on those bodies. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Because that's, that's data that can help, you know, narrow things down. And the bodies are people who've dedicated their bodies to for si- that purpose, yeah. to science. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. Morbid, but cool. I wouldn't do that only because, well, I would put a clause in there. It's like, you can do whatever with my body. For science, after I'm dead, I'm not going to go gross. He's, oh, he's looking at me like, where is he going with this? It's like, uh-oh. No. It's a prank. But as long as, just keep some underwear on me. Oh, Even okay. if I'm dead, I don't want my my used corpse just naked, just balls to yeah, the wind. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. I mean, I can't be embarrassed because I'm dead, but I mean, come on. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, don't don't you think, even if you're, yeah. even if you're whatever has, has up and left the body, it's still, that's like, someone would look and say, there's Ivan. Yeah. And then you would be nude. Well, hopefully no one would ever see you that knew you. Right? Well, true. I mean, I'm sure there's a clause like that. Yeah. I mean, who would, though? I mean, who would, like, your cousin would work there at that facility or something? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, just really just matter. just as a precaution, I would just have, like... A post-it stuck on my body. If it was laying out there, just being like, hey, it's cold. Okay. <laughs> just get a tattoo. Don't judge. It's cold. Yeah. So anyway, all right. It's it's cold. Uh, 98 degrees in August <laughs> in Tennessee. Man, those bodies really got to, you know, it's it's basically, you know, think about the, the summers we have. Can oh, you God. Imagine? Oh, God. Uh, no, yeah. I can't imagine. I would not want that job. That's horrible. I've always heard that human remains are some of the most pungent yeah to the nose i've heard cops and 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 different people in that vein of work say there's almost a sweet smell to it Uh, as well i mean it's not good it's not like yeah oh who died i mean it's i mean it's horrible but there's almost like this sweetness yeah yeah (laughs) i know one thing they do is they and and a guy told me one time they they keep vaseline in their car and then they just take a big giant glump of it and put on, on under their nose where they can't smell it. Really? Scene. Yeah. So I thought that was like vapor rub or something. Well, they it's do vas- that too. Oh, yeah. Vaseline works yeah. as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it just like creates a barrier or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah. Hey, we went off the rails, but not off the rails. Cause this is directly related to the topic. It's a segue. Yeah. All right. All right. Go. So they continue to care for the corpse in this way until the funeral is held. Okay. But here's the thing. The Tarajan people don't hold funerals for their dead within a week like we do. In fact, their culture, in their culture, your funeral may not take place until months or even years after your sunga, or that's biological life, has ended. Hmm. I even found one case where a Tarajan family lived with the corpse of their relative for 30 years before having yeah, a funeral. Really? Man. Now, you may be wondering, why would it take so long to prepare a funeral? Well, it just so happens that in Tarajan culture, the funeral ritual is the most celebrated and important event in someone's life. And the more wealthy or important you were in life, the more lavish your funeral will be. The funeral for a nobleman is usually attended by thousands and can last for several days. 
On the other hand, it is not uncommon for a lower income family to have to live in total poverty for years because every penny they earn goes towards saving for a loved one's funeral. Uh, But before the funeral ritual ceremony is even planned, there are a few things to do first. Number one, after your relative has passed, you must make their tau-tau, and that is a wooden or bamboo effigy bearing their likeness or the likeness of the deceased. This is an incredibly important uh, part because the Tro- the Torajan people, I keep wanting to say Trojan because you like at first glance, it looks like Trojan people, believe the Tao Tao hosts part of the soul. Like we said earlier, they do not believe death is a sudden event, but is a slow journey into Puya, which is not complete until the funeral ceremony is held. Between the time of passing and the funeral, the deceased person's soul is thought to linger, partly wandering the village and also partly in their Tao Tao. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense that you put it that way. Yeah. Like their soul's there around their body. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of wand- it, it splits its time up between wandering and like being in their Tao Tao. Yeah. Their uh, wooden mannequin thing. What'd you think about that part in Ghost to where they were kind of, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Where they were making the pottery? No, not that part. It was so part. hot. No, not that part. Okay. The part where just they're in limbo. And, and then I always thought it was kind really creepy. Like whenever it decided that you were going to go to hell or whatever, those shadowy creatures would come and grab you. I thought I always thought that was really cool. That creeped me out as yeah. a kid. And yeah. especially the main antagonist. What is it? Is it antagonist? Antagonist. At yeah. the very end of the movie when he gets taken. Yeah. That legitimately scared me yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It really That's, did. And remember the other guy that, that taught him how to push people, you know, that was in the subway. Oh, that yeah. That guy kind of creeped me out. Yeah. He's been in some other things, too. I don't remember him in anything else. But yeah. I can't. I can't think of what else he was in. But anyway, Whoopi uh, Goldberg was good in that movie. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie was good. I mean, but of course, again, that was when I watched it when I was a kid. I haven't seen it recently. We're just gonna we're just gonna dissect twenty year old move thirty year old movies. Well, I mean, it's relevant because you know the, the soul in limbo. And I mean, what would you do all of a sudden if you you could see everyone and but they couldn't see you? I mean, just think about that. Just think about, hey, I've got, I've got something. Okay, this, this is this is off the topic. Let's do it. This is totally off topic. I got, I got a question, because I have a huge, huge problem with this, and I just realized I did recently. You ever just like, you ever just let something kind of, you know, be out there and not really have an opinion on it, and you know, and then all of a sudden it just kind of hits you as like, yeah, I don't like it. Like, <laughs> bam, I don't like it. Yeah, I think so. And, and I've got solid logic, so. You know this prank to where you like take a picture of a chair without a kid in it, and then <clears throat> later on you do some kind of magic trick and you try to make them think that they're invisible. Have you seen that oh, prank on YouTube? Yeah, I have. And it's like you know you you are invisible, you know. Yeah. And then they uh, you know they can't see they they can't see themselves in the and phone. the kid freaks out. Yeah. And... Now I'm not, I'm not trying to be oversensitive here, <laughs> but. But those kids really believe that they're invisible and no one can see them. Yeah. Now, isn't that a lot like ghosts? I'm tying it back to the dead stuff. It's right on the money. Okay. Yeah. Don't you think that's kind of messed up? Even even if it is for five minutes. Yeah. Like, you're invisible. No one can see you or hear you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's messed up. Yeah. To legitimate, the kid legitimately believes that. Yeah. And a lot of them, some of them. I mean, it's not like, you know, Oh, a quarter was pulled out of my ear. You know, it's not like that, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I don't know. No, I get it. Do you think it does any lasting damage to some of these kids? I mean, (laughs) I don't know if it could, but you know, I I know people are mad 
probably right now it's like, oh, it's a prank, you know? Yeah, you know, but a pie in the face is a prank, <laughs> you know? But you you really believe that no one can see you or hear you. I yeah. don't know. That's that's <clears throat> kind of going off the deep end. What if that would be a good way to find out, to weed out the, just the psychopaths real quick? Because what if the kid was like, no one can see me or hear me? I'll oh, yeah. Right, I'll be right back. <laughs> Where's where's my sister's room? I'm going to the Dallas Cowboys locker room. Yeah, that would just like yeah, just or right right away. Not- <laughs> oh no, the truth comes out. Look, I said I'd get. I didn't. I said the kids like I'm gonna go to my sister's room, and you said the Dallas Cowboys locker room. Two weird examples. Very weird. But my look, my logic is I said it would weed out the psychopaths, and the psychopath would peep on his sister. Am I right? Well, what well. well Perhaps, yeah. but you yeah. know, they might like go grab a knife, you know, and walk back <laughs> to the living room. Like, oh, it's a floating knife. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, not everything. I don't know. I even would go straight to the Dallas Cowboys locker room. Yeah, I would. We, we know that. No, I'm just kidding. It's still a helmet. Can I? I <laughs> so when I was a youngster. Uh, at least eight or less, because we were living in Cincinnati. I had my cousin lived with us for a little while, mm-hmm. and um, I was a young impressionable boy. And I remember him scaring the shit out of me because we would we'd go outside at night and play, and we had a swing set. And when I wasn't looking, he would take one of the swings and swing it like not standing in it, and it yeah. would just be like swinging by itself. And then he would point and go, "Joey, look!" And, uh, and then he would make me think that like a ghost was swinging yeah. or something, which that might not sound scary to you guys, but imagine if That's you're a, six. Yeah, yeah, kind of creepy. And it would but scare I mean, the it, hell out of me. Yeah, it yeah, sure. But you didn't think you were invisible for <laughs> no one else to see. I'm go- sorry, I'm going back to that. Right, no. I don't know, I just, thought, I just had that thought one day, you know? It's like, that's messed up. It is. It's like that X-Files episode. Of course, that guy had to be nude. To be invisible. He could go oh, invisible. Yeah, Do you remember that, that episode? Yeah. yeah. It was a, little, a lot like H.G. Wells had Invisible Man. That was a crazy story. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the movie back in the, I guess, probably was in the 50s. I don't know it's a pretty good movie. One. Yeah. Pretty good. Let's let's dissect that movie. Yeah. We went back to like <laughs> movies on every... I haven't seen it enough to dissect it. Um, but anyway, basically, I think he's trying to solve a murder, but he's invisible, which, I mean, might make it a lot easier, I guess. To make it, yeah. Do a recon and He stuff, had to be naked me? too. So, <laughs> he did, he really did. Really? Yeah. He he had to you know he had to wrap himself in like gauze for people to see him and he yeah. put sunglasses on. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So man, that's good stuff. That would suck. Like if you if you if you get told, hey, guess what? You can go invisible whenever you want. You'd be like, oh, that'll be fun. But just your body, you'll have yeah. to be naked. Yeah. Because I tell you what, I got tender. I got tender feet. <laughs> That people would just see a pair of work boots walking around because I can't go barefoot. You crazy? Yeah, but like you feet. said before, you'd probably have to have underwear too. So it'd be like <laughs> <laughs> there'd be like Crocs and and BVDs running around everywhere. So like, is there like an invisible an, invis- an invisible village person walking around the village people? Because I imagine one of the what didn't one of the village people have like just his underwear and some work boots? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and like a construction hat. Wasn't that one of the village people? I think so. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. In <laughs> a tool belt. All right. It's so like, <laughs> if he's so worried about being naked, why does he have assless chaps on? <laughs> anyway. Oh, we have officially <laughs> lost all listeners. <laughs> no, probably gained a whole bunch. Hey, whatever works. 
<clears throat> so another important aspect of the Tarajan death ritual, and certainly the most expensive, is the animal sacrifice. Water buffalo, to be exact, and also pigs, but the significance of the buffalo in this ritual is enormous. Why? You're still laughing over there. No, not really. I'm just smiling. <laughs> but keep going. All right, okay. Uh, so water buffalo and also pigs, the significance of the buffalo in the ritual is enormous. The Taraja believe the buffalo escorts their loved one's soul into Puya, into Nirvana. The more buffalo, the easier the journey. Goodbye. I even paused there for a minute. I, I was no, expecting I to be it. like, come no. yeah. as you are. I was thinking about it. With your buffalo. All right. <laughs> um, the more buffalo, the easier the journey. The, a good buffalo can fetch over 500 million rupiah. And in, in U.S. dollars, that's about $40,000. Mm. For one buffalo and a three-day funeral requires at least seven of these animals. Golly, I thought our, our funeral expenses were... You know, I know excessive, you know, what's super depressing. What's that? Stay home and watch daytime television. That's depressing. Yeah. That's I love in, a, in its own. Yeah. But the commercials, yeah. every other commercial is either for like a colostomy bag or like, no, not a colostomy bag, but <laughs> do like, it yourself. No, the yeah. Uh, catheters. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I, you can get at home catheters delivered discreetly in this box. I was like, how many people are using it? Maybe there's a huge market for it. I think I've bitched about that on the podcast before. No, I don't think so. But it's it's commercials for that, or it'll show like two old ladies playing bridge, and one's like, you know, I just don't know what to do if my family can afford my final expenses. Yeah. And then the other one's like, well, that's why I use blah blah blah. You yeah. know, and yeah. It's like, God damn, that's depressing. Yeah. Marge, is your family protected? <laughs> <laughs> After, what What do you mean, Helen? Well, eventually, and I mean like you could set the end of your life with an egg timer. You'll kick the bucket. And your family will be forced to expend way too much money to put your stinking corpse in the ground. But, I mean, if depending on the, your family, I mean, if, if you don't have a great family, I mean, they're not going to pay anyway. So what's it matter? Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. They're just going to be like... Well, that has to... What happens What happens if someone dies and their family's like, I ain't doing... They, they have to do something with you. What do they do with you? Well, I mean, it's just like the bare minimum. And they. I don't think they're allowed to bill like anyone. I don't think they can bill your son or whatever if you don't pay. I wonder if that's the people. You ever been to a a, a graveyard and some people just have yeah. the little metal plate? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always see that and it's like, uh, yeah, it's bad. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, the cemetery that's right up here mm -hmm. uh, in town, they have, there's graves there from, I want to say like the early 1700s. You think so? Yeah, I've I've looked through there several times. Huh. Really super super. Well, the Cumberland Church right there. Yeah. is like late 7 or mid mid to late 1700s, isn't it? It's old as hell. I thought they said that um I thought they said 18 1800s was kind of the limit for around here because if you think about Lewis and Clark, the Lewis and Clark thing was like 1804. Oh, so there's nothing pre 1800s. Well, I mean, I think there is, but I think it's very few and far between. Yeah, I read there's like a history on this town, and it didn't used to be called the name it is. Yeah, that wasn't until like 1815 or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't probably. know exactly. Probably that's probably when it gets going. But there was supposedly like a village here a while before that. Yeah. So yeah. I may be full of shit on the 1700s. But I mean, thing. west. I, thought I wasn't west of here. The only people that were really had ever been over there it's obviously native you know people but yeah. then fur trappers and things like that they yeah. were like um it was crazy um a little bit of history on that is a lot of these fur trappers that were out this way and further west it was like uh 
you know, they would all meet in the dead of winter at different places. They would winter kind of together mm-hmm. in little, little, like not a town, but like kind of like a makeshift town. Um, and then they would leave for the, you know, better weather and they would leave and go out West and trap all season long. And, uh, it was kind of expected. Like if, if you didn't come back, basically they knew that you, something happened to you and it's very common that you didn't come back. It's wow. a very rough lifestyle. How easy would it have been to just knock someone off? Back I think, then? well, I think it was just like, <clears throat> I think they said like one in three didn't get, didn't return or something. It was some kind of crazy stat that, yeah. I, yeah. So they're not even going to investigate. It's like, yeah, of course they died. And it's like native. It's like native. It's exposure. It's it's like you know native people uh, exposure. And I mean, hey, um, in the native people's defense, I mean, just some guy shows up to the land that's been theirs for hundreds of years, and he's trapping on it. You know, it's yeah. like kind of in a way deserves whatever he gets. You know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And then they'd say those savages. Why wouldn't they let us just? do whatever we wanted on their land. <laughs> they sh- surely have to trust us. We're going to make it right it's in the gonna future. It's going to be okay. Yeah. We're yeah. going to give you the best land we have. Yeah. We, well, we, we covered that in the Osage murders. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't listened, go back yeah. and listen to those. But anyway. So yeah, I want to, I need to double check, I guess. Um, I may be full of shit on the 17, late 1700s. I mean, it thing. could be. I mean, I think there probably are, are a few, but I was thinking 1800s was early 1800s would yeah. be the earliest. Um, anyway, but I don't, I, I don't know for sure. Well, I'm going to find out, bud. You should. I'll tell you that. Recap next episode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, the 40000 bucks, and that's in American money, for a good bull, and it takes um, seven of them for, like, a three-day funeral. Um, that's that's enough to give you a an idea. With that amount of money, you could buy four homes, you know, in this culture. So this helps explain why it often takes years uh, for people, for a family, to afford a proper funeral for a loved one. So let's get to the actual ritual. Like we stated earlier, the funeral ritual itself is a momentous occasion. The buffalo and pigs are brought and prepared for the sacrifice, which will be the climax of the death feast. The deceased person's corpse, along with its tau-tau, are paraded around town and displayed for all to see and to bid farewell to. This There's pictures of this online, too. Very interesting. This funeral parade can stretch on for miles and last for several hours. Once at the funeral site, the body is placed in a coffin and carried up a ceremonial tower. All the while, the celebration continues with people dancing and singing songs about the deceased. Other common funeral activities involve flute flute music, the reading of poems, and weeping and wailing for the deceased. However, none of these are considered appropriate at funerals for young children, people of low status, and the very poor. So I guess if... Wait, so uh, kids are lumped in with, with poor people they have the same types of funerals yeah i didn't see the reasoning for any of that why why couldn't you outwardly grieve and play music for uh, a dead loved one if they were broke yeah <laughs> or a child yeah uh but hey i don't understand any of this so who am i who am i to say yeah that it's kind of crazy but i mean if someone's really well off i mean they get a pretty cool funeral here too so you know you Speaking of cemeteries, yeah, it's it's odd to go through a cemetery and you know you see mostly your typical gravestones, but then every once in a while you'll see like this megalith, twelve foot tall, you know, this white washed, yeah. gorgeous thing to this person, and you know, yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's just interesting to uh, to see the differences, and then some 
are like at this cemetery by us. Um, there's literally a few that is just like a piece of sandstone. Yeah. With like painting on it or something. Or yeah. just like a real cheap etching. Cause like all they had. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. There's actually, um, I just, what's funny this week, I just watched a documentary about, um, some, um, cemeteries around here and, and, and a lady that she goes around and she, um, basically records as much information as she can about, you know, graves, headstones that she feels, you know, are unique. So she takes pictures of them and, and records, um, some data about them. And one she was talking about, it was a, a gentleman that he worked at a sawmill and he got his arm cut off in a sawmill accident and he had like a mini headstone and his arm was buried there. What? And then, and yeah. And then he died 13 years later (laughs) in his regular headstone. No way. Yeah. yeah. And it says on the back, his name was like Alvy and it said Alvy's arm and it said buried this date. That is awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's all about the afterlife. She was saying, you know, being reunited with your, um, you know, with your arm. So you have all your parts when you go into that. So if they, if they hadn't have reattached John Wayne Gase or, uh, John Wayne Bobbitt, Oh, (laughs) he would have a little teeny tiny tiny, tombstone. (laughs) We keep hitting that with a lawnmower. It's hard to see. Um, and it's like, and it's like, you know, history repeats itself. (laughs) Yeah. The the gardener's like getting that ironic. (laughs) Don't you think? Um, a little too erotic. All right. Um, and in another story, you know, this will get us serious. Uh, this will get us back on track. Oh, nothing's going to get me serious. But um, there was a there was another one that she went to, and and she said this is a she she was talking about this unique stone that she had never seen anything p- quite like this. It actually was like a four year old girl, and. Um, it had like her, her birth date when she died and it had like the story, almost like a shortened newspaper story about how she died. And it had the names of the two guys that killed her. Whoa. These farm hands. It said something about they, they pulled her out of the house and they put her in the river. And then, um, they were trying to get the people out of the house so they might rob and steal. And it had their names on it. So it had motive it had, you know, what happened, and then it also had the names, like the the killers' names, on the uh, that's crazy on the stone. And it was a it was a guy speaking of wealthy, you know, not everyone wealthy is a bad guy. Obviously, um, they were a pretty wealthy family, and he she had a really large headstone, and and uh, he wanted to basically say these guys are, you know, in you know, we'll just for all time, everyone will know how you know, crappy they are. Or That's pretty clever. Yeah. Cause even a hundred years after she's been murdered, someone yeah. reads that and they'll read the guy's name and be like, what a dick. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I think it was Joe Forbush and <clears throat> Bill Chenoweth. I think that's their names. Well, you know, right off their bad company. Oh yeah. Joe and Bill Joe. Well, I was thinking Chenoweth and Forba Forbush. What's that about? Bad company. I can't deny. Yeah. All right. So you can, shall we get back to task? Let's go. So that we're, we're talking about the ritual, if you guys remember. Ceremonial cockfights are all also held, which are... <laughs> we went right to third grade right there. Well, it's just because just of the your... John Wayne Bobbitt thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ceremonial male chicken fights are also held since... Yeah. We My are... uncles, 
you know, they're not very good dudes, but they were, uh, they were cockfighters back in the day. I remember going to my grandpa's house and behind it, there's a whole bunch of chicken pens and stuff. Oh, yeah. And they'd get out there and they'd like, you know, train with them and you'd hear the Rocky theme song. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It shows a rooster like that one's got the eye of a tiger. It's like, no, that's the eye of a chicken. I want you to eat lightning and crap thunder. It's like, Rrr! I've seen <laughs> cock fighting before, not in person. It's not very impressive. No, it's just the chickens scramble up to scramble. I said scramble. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> the chickens, you know, there's a melee of chicken feathers and then one of them falls over and you're yeah. like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. That's it. I'm yeah. like a poor rooster had to give his life for that. Well, it's all about gambling and money. You know yeah. that it's, you know, the fight's not supposed to be very cool. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know. It's like, you want to gamble on something. Um, you know, that's considered to be terrible, but you could go down to hot springs and, and beat a horse until it'll run fast. And that's totally <laughs> fine. But, uh, you can't talk about that everywhere, but I'll just go ahead and go public with that. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't, but let's keep going. I well, guess. No, let's take a stand against that. I mean, I, 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 every time I see it and my family's in the living room, I'm like, oh yeah, let's beat them, beat those horse, you know, <laughs> those, those poor, you know, horses, let's beat the crap out of them so we can win some money. <laughs> anyway, they love it, Ivan. They love it. The horses, yeah. the horses. Yeah. You know, you want to celebrate these, you know, triple crown, you know, what an athlete. You're like, yeah. Did they have to beat Michael Jordan for him to score baskets. <laughs> Did it on its own. Oh. All right. Yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> so the uh chickens murder each other, that's another part of it, right? But the whole deal, the whole the whole point is though, uh the sacrifice. They looked at it as a sacrifice when the cockfights were held. Anytime blood is spilled on the earth to them is like cer- is like ceremonial. Um, the peak of the ritual is the death feast when the buffalo, pigs, and any other animals given to the family are gathered up and ritualistically slaughtered. Many young Toraja boys are on hand to catch the spilled blood into long bamboo tubes. The dead buffalo are then lined up in anticipation of their journey to take the deceased to the gates of paradise. Meat from the sacrifices is also divided up amongst the people for the death feast. So that's that's the lowdown on the actual ritual itself. Yeah, it's... uh. I don't know. It would be easy to kind of pick that apart, but you know, we do some kind of crazy things too. I mean, we technically could have a f- quicker funeral and not do all the embalming that we do. And some people don't want it. You right. Know, the, yeah. The natural funerals. Yeah. Natural burials, I guess. Right. Yeah. I so, think that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what was, what's the ins and outs of that? Like basically the funeral is within 24 hours of your, yeah. your death. And yeah. I think they like refrigerate you in the meantime. Yeah. See, I, I don't know why we don't do that more. It just makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, this might sound bad, but why couldn't you freeze the person? Why and not? then just like thaw them out right before. Yeah. And like if you got family from far off, oh, we can't make it in for three months. He's frozen. Fine. Yeah. he's. We'll yeah. do it in three months. Yeah. 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 I don't know why they don't do that. That's another good documentary. Oh, damn it. I can't remember the exact name of it, but about the guy Bernie the funeral director oh yeah that's yeah because he's called Bernie it's just but it's Bernie? not a documentary well the thing I'm thinking about is a movie it's called Bernie but is there a documentary there's about a, him? I believe there's a, yeah there's a documentary oh, okay. yeah, there I've is. never seen it I've only seen the movie with Jack Black the, the documentaries the movie was good too yeah I think uh, it was pretty accurate from what yes yeah and Jack Black did a really good job yeah uh, and he kept that lady frozen for quite a while yeah 
Yeah, in a, just like a regular chest freezer. Yeah. I think he like folded it in half or whatever. You. Seems like, or maybe it's a large <laughs> freezer. I don't know. But yeah, you know, that way you're I, like, it wasn't, you know, if he just froze her, that's okay. But if I said he bent her in half, you're like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I oh go my God. You, he bent her in half. I have a weird it's line. Like, yeah. But he also killed her and froze her. <laughs> so like, yeah. And yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. That's we, a weird... we do that as humans. It's, <laughs> We draw we draw a line like oh if you can't do that that's weird yeah <laughs> anyway thank you for pointing that out yeah, yeah he murdered her he froze her I'm not sitting here nodding he bent her in half I think in the freezer I'm like oh that's deplorable because you could talk you'd be talking about a murder and you could just say well that person killed that you know that person shot that person right and then people you know they're automatically like oh that's that's bad. But then if you said they did something to the body, which I'm the same way, I'm, I'm this way, I'm, not, I'm just pointing out what, how we all are. As soon as you talk about something that they did to the body after, it's like, oh my goodness, what is, it's like, could you be worse than a murderer? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's he, beating a dead horse. He put the, <laughs> you're t- <laughs> sorry, but I mean, it really is. It's like, it's, it's, it's already been done. Now, no one wants their loved one, like messed with after they're dead obviously at all but you know it's kind of strange you know just uh an observation there was one case where a guy died and two other guys put his arms around them and took him to the beach and pretended like he was alive (laughs) Ooh, that's gross (laughs) they put sunglasses on tragic tale hey i wonder in in the world of that we live in if someone's ever passed a dead person off. I wonder how successful someone's been. Cause you know, they've had to have done it at least once, you know, there's a huge population. It's kind of like the things like, like, you know, there's a 1% chance that there's life on, on another planet somewhere. <clears throat> yeah. If you told somebody that, and they were smart enough to know about cosmology, they'd be like, Oh, that's awesome. Then, <laughs> then it, then it is You're right. Right. You know? So it's like, think about all the people out there and all the weird things. I just wonder if that's ever if there's ever been a weekend at Bernie's type situation, I think even yes. just like a small. Yeah. I guarantee it. You think so? Yeah. I think it's such a damn crazy world. So that- I, I could see somebody driving like they're supposed to, you know, be somewhere with somebody. And so they prop them up and they drive by <laughs> like in the, in the passenger seat. Yeah. Yeah. And they put, just put the seat, put the seatbelt on. They him. grab his arm and like make him wave. Hey, <laughs> They take a string and they tie it over the truck and then they like pull the string and it's like. I guarantee you. And then the cops happened. will be like, well, he was alive at 630. That would be oh. an awesome way to throw off time of death. And then you like set up your alibi. Then you go through an ATM. Oh, you go through an ATM and get cash and you have the guy moving enough. And then the cops have to scrutinize if, if it was yeah. like, and then from there go through like a toll booth. Cause they snap a picture. Oh yeah. Oh, you're all over the place. It's yeah. like, look, he was alive at this point and this point and this point. Yeah. Therefore I am innocent, your honor. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds brilliant, but a cop could just say, well, it's a still picture. He's probably dead. You know, he could be dead. I think they might figure that out, but I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I, so. I I think your typical detect, detective probably wouldn't think. I bet he's dead sitting up. You know, I bet, I bet he was dead. I mean, if they seen Weekend at Bernie's and he had sunglasses on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I happen to know that Floyd never wore sunglasses. Yeah, and it's dark as well. Clearly, yeah, yeah. His future's not that bright. 
that he's got to wear shades. There's no future. <laughs> anyway, that's awesome. Oh, so we should write a crime novel, and that's the dang. We gave it away. We'll have to delete all this if we do it. That's our that's our way. That's our surprise ending. Like he was dead the whole time. That would be awesome. Yeah. Who killed him? He was already dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then you have like a high power lawyer and he has the the Sonic car hop up there. It's like, <laughs> did you talk to Mr. Anderson at Sonic that night at 930 p.m.? <laughs> yes, I talked to him. He ordered. Did he really order or did someone else? Well, actually, the other person did now that I think about it. And that's when the guy's like, you know, defense rests. Yeah. And he goes back and and the whole audience is like, oh, you know what I just remembered? (laughs) What? About, I don't know, 15 years ago. Yeah. When we put that dummy. Yeah. Yeah. So I I got a mannequin that had two left arms. What did we name her? Karen. Yeah, Karen. I found a nude mannequin in a dumpster that had two left arms. So she was like, it was. Hey, when you first saw that, were you like, whoa, you know, did you think like body at first? No. Oh, it was pretty. Yeah. For some reason, I didn't think body. I was just like, oh, a mannequin. Oh, (laughs) I was really excited. (laughs) Joe's been hiking through the Ozark National Forest and he's and he told me he's seen like 12 mannequins. (laughs) Never once has he called the cops. There's so many mannequins up there on the mountain. So I pull this mannequin out and put clothes on it. Remember her? I prop her in the in the corner of my garage. And that was Karen. I mean, yeah. literally everybody that would come in and be like, hey, Karen. You hey, know. Karen. Yeah, and we'd put stuff in her hands and whatever. But uh, one night, for whatever reason, Ivan was hanging out in, in my garage with me, and we were, were going to run up to Sonic. And we were like, let's take Karen. So we just, we didn't even set her down. We stood her we up. We can't, her legs didn't bend. Right. <laughs> so we had to stand her up. So, so she, we taped her to the, we taped her to the crossbar right between the KC lights. Yeah. <laughs> So she's like standing up three feet above your bar, yeah. you know, because she was standing in the back seat, and we just pull up to Sonic, and there's yeah. Karen. And what's funny is, like, people didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> I mean, they looked and they smiled and stuff, but no one said, no one like came up and said anything. I mean, I bet they thought we were really weird. Yeah, for, which yeah. was not accurate. No, no, right. not at all. Yeah. Okay, so back to task. Um, Rest in peace, Karen. I don't even remember what happened to her. I think she you went threw back. her away again. Oh, I did. Yeah, she and went. Somebody back. else found her. Yeah, she's in someone else's jeep now. So once the ritual is done, there are actually a few different methods for the burial. Um, the coffin can be placed in a cave, a hollow tree, or a mausoleum—a mausoleum that is built into a cliff face or even hung from a cliff in a bamboo frame. Wherever the body is placed, its tau-tau is also placed nearby to keep watch over the body. Sometimes an entire family is placed together and their collective groups of tau-taus can be seen sitting in a row, peering out from the mouth of the cave. Hmm. There's pictures of that, too. It's super uh, creepy. You think I think eventually they'd run out of caves, right? Yeah, I don't, especially in this small area. That Maybe they dig them. They could. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It says built into a cliff face. So yeah. they actually, the mausoleums, they build themselves. Oh, okay. They dig out okay. of the cliff face. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, babies and small children are usually placed in bamboo frames and hung from trees, which I thought was particularly weird. Yeah. Or cliff walls where they often remain for years until the rope eventually rots away and sends the body falling to the earth. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Once the funeral ritual is over and the person has officially passed from this life into Puya, you would think that was the end. But, and this is my favorite part. They would be wrong. Every year in August, the Torajan celebrate 
I'm going to think, I'm, I'm, this is Manene. I'm, let's just say Manene. During Manene, corpses are exhumed from their graves, cleaned and dressed in fresh clothing. The Taraja also use this time to conduct many or any repairs to caskets and perform maintenance uh, on the crypt. After the cleaned and dressed up corpses uh, are, after that, they are displayed in a death parade through the middle of town where friends and relatives visit the body and take pictures and videos with their dead relatives. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, hey, have you ever seen a, a grave house? Grave house? Yeah. It's like a, it's like a house that it's like a little tiny house. Sometimes people build over graves. No. It's like a, yeah. A lot of times it looks just like a, like it's made out of wood and has shingles or shakes or whatever. Really? They don't do them anymore, but they used to. Um, so on that documentary I was watching, they, she went around in some places and she showed some really good examples of grave houses. And this one that she showed, it was built like probably in the eight, like the 1820s or thirties. But, um, the reason why I know that is because the, the, uh, the guy that built it, he built it for like one of his kids that died young and he went to like the civil war and fought in the civil war. And when he came back, he was quite a bit older when he was quite a bit older. Um, they were saying that his, his son would drop him off with like some hand tools and saws and stuff. And he would like stay there all day and he would make repairs to that grave house and like really? cut new boards for it. And the cool thing about it is like it, it it's almost like, it's almost like a picket fence all the way around it. It's like, solid but it was like a picket fence and and each board was like a it had like a round circle and it looked it almost looked like a silhouette of a person like a, a head and shoulders and then it would like turn into a regular picket but that guy wow. that guy would stay there all day and like use hand saws and build those boards to replace you know that's awesome yeah so and yeah. was it his son's grave that was yeah i think her daughter i can't remember wow but there's two of them there one's bigger than the other one but uh um, and it, it even had like a new, a brand new, like shingle roof on it now that that's w- way recent. So wow. the family now is still, you know, they're still just the grave. I mean, they're still buried on in the ground right. with their heads <clears> down, <throat> but they build the grave house over it just as like a, I don't know, kind of like what you were saying, just like a tribute. Wow. To, the, to their, I've never one seen one of those. That's so there's, they have some around Arkansas is the tombstone inside the grave house or is it like. It's oh, inside. It's really? inside the, the now is yeah. it like big enough that you can walk into and, and or no. is it it's just like a miniature It's like a big doghouse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Like that's a crazy. Bigger. Yeah. This <clears throat> one had like glass this one had like glass on the front of it. And they even had like um a piece of paper taped on the inside of it that had some history about it. Oh, know? that's cool. Yeah, that was it was kinda cool. You know, so the whole episode this has been in the back of my mind, but do you remember that old Stephen King movie Sleepwalkers? I don't think I've ever seen that one. Okay, well, there's a scene where this teenage girl and the sleepwalker, but he's in human form, they're going to go out on a first date, and the date is, and I've always wondered if this is a real thing, it's called grave rubbing, where you go and you find really old tombstones, and you put a, a large piece of paper over them with charcoal. Oh, yeah, yeah, and like yeah rubbings yeah with I've, a, with I've a charcoal pencil. That. I want to do that. I always thought that was super cool, like to just really certain interesting cool ones so so you're gonna love this story this is this i i forget about this but then whenever someone mentions something like that it like pops up in my head i'm like why am i not telling this story all the time (laughs) because it's freaking awesome so before i was a teacher i volunteered to be to help with the science club i was still in college and they asked if i would you know be part of it 
So we went with a group of kids down to this cemetery, like way out in, in on someone else's property um, to look at these like civil war graves. Of course, we didn't really know there were civil war graves. We just kind of knew um, there's just like five or six of them. So there was one that had fell over. And so our plan was, was to take a piece of paper and do that very same thing. And so when we did that, it was very hard to see. I mean, it was so faint because it had been laying there and just like the time, you know, and and it wasn't very good quality like stone. So we went back with this paper and we only had like, I'd say like 20% of the letters. And so me and a group of like 15 kids, we wrote on the whiteboard like the letters we knew and we played like wheel of fortune. Oh, that's cool. We put like blanks and we like, it took us, I mean, it took us about 20 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes. And we started plugging in what we thought it could be because it also was cursive and it was a really ornate cursive, Oh, which is, you know, I can read, I can read cursive fine, but you know, cursive that has been there for, that had been there for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, we, we solved it. It was bravely. He fell fighting for liberty oh that's you know? awesome that's that's all it was but that might not sound that cool but i mean you, if you were over the grave and you couldn't tell it said that yeah so i don't know i, I always thought it's cool that that those kids solved a mystery it's like cracking a code that's awesome and then we're able to look as 1864 and then and then another kid actually did some more research and i think they worked with uh battlefield park and he did die at the battle of prairie grove no way yeah that so, is awesome. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's not awesome that he died. Yeah, there, you know. but I mean, that's, you know, that's really cool <clears throat> that we could put those Confederate uh, soldier. He's like 16. Man. Um, yeah. So. Wasn't there over like 3,000? Was it over 3,000 deaths or over mm, 2,000? I don't know. I don't know that number. Okay. I wish I did. When I first moved to this town, I got super into that yeah. battle. And I can they tell have a, you They everything. have an audio tour. Yes. It's really cool. So here's yeah. the thing. I don't, you're not this way. I noticed you retain information. Well, not, I have trouble with numbers. I can't ever remember like, uh, you know, you know, I couldn't remember the thousands or the 2000 or whatever. Um, <clears throat> well, for me, it seems to be everything. Yeah. Well, so here's the deal. Like, especially with this podcast, I will, or we will choose a subject. Right. And for like a solid week, I'm just studying this all the time and I get really into it. And, you know, when my wife gets home from work during that week, I could, I can regurgitate everything. I mean, I can tell you every detail of whatever we're, you know, talking about and and dates, times, you know, what happened here and there and places and all that. But it's like, once we do the episode, it's just like, like there's a toilet flusher on the uh, handle on the side of my brain. It just goes, it just disappears. And I start, you know, reading something. Here's what I'll tell you to make you feel better about that. It's, it's, uh. The difference from lots to hots, lower order, lower order thinking skills compared to higher order thinking skills. So memorization, memorize, memorize, memorizing like facts and dates and stuff like that. That's really like low order. Like your brain's not engaged as much. Okay. okay. But, but whenever you're like, like we figure out how to do something or you figure out like, Hey, why did this group do that? I oh, mean, that, yeah, you, it, it, it's a higher order thinking. Skill. That makes sense. Yeah. You like you like know that, you know, you don't just memorize it. You like, you know, you can kind of put yourself there, but you can't put yourself in a date. No, no, you know, you can't, you can't put yourself in, you know, Oh, that's, that's 1812. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, you could put yourself in events in that date, but you can't, there's no way you can like 
You know, uh, that's really hard to explain. Well, no, I, I get it. It makes me feel not as dumb. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's why I think I like the age we live in. There's some things I don't like about it, but I like the fact that you don't have to memorize everything like you used to. And I like the fact that you don't have to worry about like if you can do some simple equation or not or in your head. I mean, you could just use your phone. You know, we don't we don't need to just, you know, know how to do stuff in our heads like like we used to. It's more important to use your resources in your brain to like understand like more, you know, uh, I don't know, just like more important topics. I got you. Um, people would say, well, you should be able to do math. It's like, yeah, but I can estimate like if I'm going to the dealership and the guy's like, oh, it'll be, you know, we'll, we'll do this. 5% like, down or something. It, yeah, it, you, you can, can like estimate in your head. Okay. It'll be about this. Right. But I mean, <laughs> I think some would say, well, you, if you could do that in your head, you would know exactly. It's like, why, why do you need to need to know exactly if yeah. you're a good estimator? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I think I, if, if I was in charge of like, math curriculum for like a state or a school, I would have a huge shift to estimation skills. Really? Th- because if you think about this, you're going to be a better test taker because you're going to be, because if you work something out, you won't just put C that says, you know, it, it took 12,000 minutes. Like, you know, <laughs> oh no, it's 120, yeah, you know, right. because you, cause you're a better estimator. You'll know where the ballpark is. Yeah. I think p- the problem is, is you're so, you get some of these kids that are so worried about like this, this process of getting this right answer that they haven't built their estimation skills to where they can even tell if their right answer is even where anywhere near where it should be. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was helping Lexi with her homework the other night and it was like, I showed a large circle with various sizes of circles inside it. Yeah. And it was like, what percentage of the circle is being taken up by the inner circle? Yeah, see, estimation would be great there because you'd be like, it's about this. And then you look at your answers. Yeah, well, I was yeah. kind of doing that. And another thing was, she was like, we have to figure it out by this formula. And, but I was like, well, wait, why don't you just, because it had the circumference of both. Well, I was like, why don't you just use pi to do both circles and then just subtract the small one inside yeah. from the large one? She's like, well, we just can't do it that way. We have to do it this way. So I would do my way and then compare it to her answer, doing it the really freaking long, insane way. But I would get my answer in like four seconds. And, you know, it was just a strange, it's weird the way that they have to go about finding the answers in some of these things. Yeah, it is is kind of, I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to look at it and, you know, I'm not an expert by any means, but, you know, I just love the estimation because, you know, what do you think it is before you do any work? What do you think the right answer is? What makes sense? Okay, that looks like it's right. Okay, now let's work it out and see. Okay, your answer kind of makes sense. Well, another okay. another way that estimation is good, is just remembering helping her with homework and stuff, is think about the question. Like, how long did it take Timmy to drive from Phoenix to L.A.? <laughs> and, you know, and if it's like 65 years. Yeah, you yeah know, exactly. Just like, no, yeah. estimation, it's going to be in hours. It's going to be in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, well, that's one. Well, you've driven that far before. How long, you know. Right. Remember when we went this far? How right. long did that take? Yeah. So you know it's gonna you know it's either gonna be A or B. Now let's work it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's I you know, I don't know a lot of things, but I've thought about that a lot through the years. And and there and I will say I have um done research and I've been to um some conferences and there are teachers that teach that way. Oh, I mean, there are? I'm not that's not coming from me. I mean there's teachers that, that there are teachers that, that teach from that, you know, kind of way of thinking yeah it seems um, like so it's a more practical 
real yeah, world it is. usable. It, yeah. yeah, it is definitely. So anyway, so and there's more than one way to teach it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just one way. Yeah. So anyway, as, as is the case with most that's right. things. So we're going to wrap this up now. Uh, another bizarre, 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 bizarre product of these death rituals. Bizarre. Is a, <laughs> I love that song. I don't. Oh, we're going to sing it now. No, that's the one I won't sing. Another bizarre byproduct of these death rituals is a spike in tourism from curious onlookers. Here's the funny. Because they want to see a dead body. I don't know how, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I would want to see it. Yeah. Well, Where else? I do you mean, ever- I, yeah. Vacations are expensive, man. There's a lot of things I'd do before that. It's like your kids posing with a dried up corpse. And one point of a vacation is to come back to work and you just kind of feel like a you like a new sense of, okay, yeah, I'm ready to work again. <laughs> but I mean, you're going to go back to work and are you going to be like, I mean, you, maybe you would, but I don't think I, I wouldn't be like pumped. And I'd go back to work and be like, well, uh, now, now I was reminded that I'm going to be dead like that. So I guess nothing's. You know, why do anything? What's yeah. the point of even getting out of bed Eeyore. in the morning? But here's a crazy thing. You yourself can be a part of a Tarajan funeral celebration. Just be sure to bring gifts for the deceased and the family, such as cigarettes or bags of sugar, and be willing to partake in these items along with them. And also make sure you have the stomach to see dozens of animals with their throats slit. Yeah, they don't call them. cigarettes graveyard sticks for nothing. <laughs> Anyway, sugar and cigarettes, the two staples of life. That's right. So, yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to do a shorter one or just I've got two more pages here. of Just the Tarot, not the Tarajan, but this this is a couple of other different types. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm well, ready for let's anything. Let's do this real quick. Uh, this one, I think, is super interesting. Sky burials. Mm. One ancient death ritual that this goes can- back to the 1200s, right? Or no, even I'm, before. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, they can be found in several cultures. This is a practice in which the deceased person is placed on a mountaintop. Uh, oh, I thought it was an airplane. So oh, that no. Made my joke totally stupid. No, no, no. I was thinking they're dropping them from planes. Oh, no. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Yeah, that was I mean, sky joke. burial. I mean, I mean my jokes are stupid anyway. But Bums away. That was especially, especially stupid. <laughs> well, no, you didn't know the context. So, yeah. Not your fault. Anyway, I, I wonder if they do. It. I wonder if one of any of those tribes would like. You know, make their sky burial look like more extreme and do it out of a plane. <laughs> you know? Well, like the whole point of the sky burial is they allow it to naturally compose and be eaten by scavenger birds. Oh, so they're hanging, they're not dropping it. No, they're they're like sitting, they'll build like a kind of a a I don't know, it's not a tower, but it's like a flat surface on the mountaintop and they'll leave the body there. I would I was totally picturing they just dropped the the body off a cliff. Oh no. Nope, yeah. they just leave it in an elevated oh, okay. place. See, I'm so totally... these scavenger birds will I'm eat it. I'm out of my element here. No, but you're going to be so in it in just a minute because okay. you're going to know. Okay. You're going to know all this. Um, it's most associated with Tibetan culture, but evidence of sky burials has been found at such ancient sites as Gobekli Tepe. See, I haven't even heard of this before. But yeah, you keep have? going. Yeah, I have, but keep going. Yeah, and you know, go go back when you Tepe. said Tibetan. Yeah, yeah, but keep going. It dates back over eleven thousand years, and uh, they've even found evidence at Stonehenge, which dates back about forty five hundred. Oh yeah, the Mongolians initially buried their dead, but when they converted to Tibetan Buddhism during the Ming, Di- Ming Dynasty, they adopted sky burials as well. 
Written accounts of the custom were first found, oh, listen to this, in the 12th century. Of course, you said the 1200s, but the, the word 12 is in there, both. Yeah, so that you works. kind of hit it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right there. In the, in the Buddhist Book of the Dead, for Tibetan Buddhists, sky burials are both sacred and practical. They are sacred because they go hand in hand with Buddhist philosophy, which teaches that life is not a permanent thing. It is also viewed as a last act of generosity on the part of the deceased because you are giving your body up as food for other living organisms. I kind of like that part. I do too. It's Giving very... back to the flora and fauna. Yeah, it's like it's the cycle. Yeah, circle of life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, Elton. <laughs> Reverence and respect for all beings is a cornerstone of Buddhist philosophy. Yeah, I I happen to really appreciate that from what I've read about it and what I know about it. It's a very peaceful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I just in you know to be at peace all through their life and peace in death. I don't know. Well, really we've cool. spoken before, too, about you and I, especially like in our older age, not that we're old, but, you know, as we grow older, um, even like if we find a spider in the house. Yeah. If it's sure. I mean, look, if it's a brown recluse, I yeah. stomp the shit out of it. Yeah. But anything, anything that's not venomous or poisonous, like I, I, I don't stomp that at all. I don't kill the thing. I just like I'll put it in a little cup and take it outside. Yeah. You know, I mean, why? Why kill it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to stomp to stomp it to death if you know if it's not going to harm you in any way. It's like the ultimate kindness is is having power over someone and not you know exploiting that power yeah, and overusing sure. that power. Um that's what you would hope AI would do to us when it when it um comes self-aware and and has goals and Hopefully. it realizes that we like are totally expendable and worthless. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, Sam Harris talks about this, you know, some other guys um do to um it's like um do they figure out because you know they're going to learn at an astronomical rate Mm -hmm. do they figure out that the problem with the world is with us i mean it's been in countless sci-fi you know movies and in star trek you had an episode Mm -hmm. you know to save the ship we must get rid of the crew or oh yeah for sure for sure Um, yeah So. so yeah i mean it's very logical i mean uh Hopefully it doesn't watch like, you know, a couple days of like history documentaries, you know, <laughs> or, or read, a, a you know, read about, you know, the Nazi death camps. Oh, my God. I mean, what AI wouldn't just like start going crazy? Yeah. Oh, like though they did that? Yeah. Or even just watch any you like YouTube. Or even, you know what, if AI, the first thing it's going to do when it becomes self-aware and, and everything, it's just going to look through a few Facebook pages and be like, oh, this whole planet needs to go. This everyone in this planet is an asshole. This whole planet is gone. Why does it take pictures of its food? <laughs> just oh, eat the food dude, for yeah. sustenance. <laughs> no one needs to know you had steak. All right. we. It would, you're right. It would be, it would really... I mean, it's going to be super smart, so it should, could surely figure out how petty we were. That would you would hope they wouldn't realize that. Yeah, it'd just be like does not compute, but it's not going to do that. It's going to be like these people are self-serving mm-hmm. lunatics. Yeah, and why would I talk like that? That's so <laughs> cliche. Uh, anyway, no, but not even taking the pictures of the food so much, but just the arguing and all the infantile petty bullshit you know that on facebook and and all social media or acceptance of things as fact without reading and everyone's guilty of this without actually reading and and you know 
I mean, I, I think someone would actually go crazy if they decided one mo- one moment they were like, okay, from now on, if someone tells me something, I'm not going to believe it until I research it myself. Yeah. Imagine how th- all the researching you would do. But here's the problem. <laughs> when someone is told something that they like, they automatically Bingo. agree with it. Bingo. Yep. That's, you know what I mean? Confirmation yeah. bias. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is what is wrong. That is a huge part of what is wrong with all of social media as far as everyone arguing over or if all they this find stuff. some leader that says something you know they've they've been won over i mean it's 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 jonestown yeah they, for sure they, whatever they say they eat up and and they can't do any wrong and and yeah that's very scary yep so yeah AI might, AI, AI might say ah that's these people you know i've i've seen more of this in the past few years, or I, maybe I've noticed it more in the past few years than ever before in my life. But it seems like there's like an epidemic of people who are, for lack of a better word, no, I think this is the perfect word, delusional. Mm-hmm. They, they build their own reality. Yeah. And they step inside it and they will overlook facts. They will, you know... It's just mind boggling. I mean, think about this. Think about the, um, you know, the greatest thing that we've ever formulated was the scientific method. Yeah. Because we realized at one point that our preconceived notions are the worst things about us. And so we, we devised a method to keep our preconceived myths. I mean, we, we, we have like double blind studies for yeah. a reason. You know, mm-hmm. you know, double, to remove all bias. That's right. And there are people that reject. Now, it's OK to reject a finding and say, oh, well, I'm skeptical about that because there's not enough. There's not enough data out there. I mean, that's that's OK. But the problem is, is. You know, you're, you're going to go out on a platform and just say that's not true whenever you didn't even go in and try to familiarize yourself with like all the data that was reported and all the hundreds of times that other scientists have went to either prove or disprove. I mean, they would think some would think that when someone does an experiment, they're doing it to disprove the last people. Like, I don't think they're right. I'm disproving it. And that's, that's a flaw in thinking they're not going to disprove. They're not going to prove they're going to find more data. Yeah. And whatever way that data goes, that's the way they they go because that's the you know that's the beauty of the scientific method. You're only as good as your data, and you know they'll be like, well, science can't even they don't even know where we came from. It's like, yeah, because there's not you know there's not a great way to determine that because right. we're it's that was then this is now. And the big problem with that is the person that you know that statement is usually followed by. You know, science can't tell us where we came from. Therefore, you know, whatever religion I'm into or whatever is right. Or whatever you're into. Whatever you're into. Yeah. Therefore, that's right. It's like, wait, how? why does that automatically make it right? Yeah. I mean, I think people on the non-believing side would, would have those flaws as well. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone's susceptible. That's why, you know, you know, the scientific method. So here's this. We'll go back to the other thing after this. But, you know. This this is this is crazy to me. So someone reads the paper and it says, "Now scientists think that Dr. Pepper, you know, 
is, you know, a health drink, you know, or something, Yeah. you know, which they wouldn't do. I'm just trying to give you an example, but there would be someone that would say, see, they're constantly changing their mind <laughs> when they don't realize that is the best thing that you could do is be willing to change your mind. Yeah. Based on the facts, it's not a gotcha. And we've talked about this before. That is not a gotcha. That it actually is a got you. It, it's a it's they got you for playing that card. Right. Because that's the best thing about it. That's the way anyone should be. And that we aren't that way. So we need the scientific method to, to make us, you know, um, to keep us on track and, and thinking correctly. Now, another thing is like, you know, iPhones and technology, like, you know, you know, there's things that people deny that science can do. Um, but look at like physics and, you know, um, research into, into like just the basic electricity you know, that gave us our, our iPhones and our incredible technology we now we have now. Um, and people would utilize that to, you know, you know, we, we so much that it's it's almost an epidemic how much people overuse it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's all well and good. But then they get to a point, you know, they have all these things around them that they could never recreate themselves. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then they're going to be like. Yeah, but I don't believe that. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's good to be skeptical. It really is. But if you're going to be skeptical, you need to you need to look at that data. And and I'm this present company not excluded. I mean, myself as well. I mean, I've been skeptical about things that I haven't read about. We should all be better about that. Yeah, and as far as the the you know, like you said, when someone would be like, "Oh, look, they're always flip flopping," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with you, and especially it seems like really bad with with politicians. Like John Breedmore said in you know 1995 that homosexuality was a sin that you would burn to death for. Now all of a sudden he's fine yeah. with it. Well, maybe yeah. John Breedmore learned a little bit from that yeah. from that point, or you know maybe yeah, maybe he had a son right. that came out and he was like, oh well, maybe not. Maybe it's okay. Which is sad to me that somebody could change just because their own family something happens in their own family. But I mean, it's good that they did. Well, yeah, because yeah, what's even more sad is a case I have. I, I know someone personally who she came out to her parents and uh, her dad. They were super, super religious, which not nothing against whatever you're into. I don't give a shit. But this particular in this particular case, uh, the dad said, you're dead to me. Get yeah, get out of my. And this was this was literally like 12 or 13 years ago. And, and to my knowledge, he's never said a word to her since. You know, yeah. That's, so is that. I mean, you know, what part of, you know, love is that, you know? I don't know. I mean, is there not unconditional love? There should be. Yeah. You would think there would be. I mean, I know a family did the same thing. It's, it's, you know, they have a fantastic daughter and she's super talented and, you know, I don't know her well, but, but the mom and dad, you know, basically disowned her. Now it's better now than it was, you know, years ago. But um, I don't have anything to do with them anymore because well, if I see them somewhere, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, shake your hand. It's like you, you that's pretty cold. You, you not a view of them. I mean, you push yeah. your own daughter out on an island whenever she needed you the most when she was the most like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. 
Well, to be coming out to your parents would have to be you're in a super vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be sure. a scary thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that would be the time they needed your support and love the most. But you know, if if for your entire life you have been told and read literature telling you that this particular thing is absolute pure evil, it's but just problematic. I will say this: I, I have been. I well, mean, me too. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. yeah. I, and and it's up to everyone to to look at all those things that have, that have been told to you, and it's not disrespectful of any of your family to be like, well, maybe it is. I don't know, but to be like that thing that I still love them, but that thing that they told me or taught me is wrong. Oh, um, I, yeah. You've, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure right now I'm <laughs> teaching my kids things that later on they'll say that well that was wrong. And, and good. I'm glad. Sure. If it is. Yeah. If you got it wrong and maybe, you know, maybe before it's all said and done, they can come back to me and, and convince me. And hopefully I'll, I'll be in the mindset where I'll say, you're right. You're that was wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, uh, growing up where we did around who we did and, uh, you know, th- we've spoken about this with, uh, as far as race, I think maybe on the last podcast, Yeah, but also concerning homosexuality, I, I don't ever remember hating but I do remember it just being a thing. I'd never really encountered anyone like that. And I'd always been told that it was awful. But I tell yeah. you, what, the first, to my knowledge, the first uh, gay person that I ever became a- acquainted with it was uh, my first job I got when I was 16 years old at mm-hmm. McDonald's. Yeah. And there was this guy, this super sweet guy, short, kind of overweight. He looked a lot like Elton John. His name was Russ. Okay. And I loved that dude. Yeah. Uh, and he was openly gay and stuff. And, and uh, like within the first night of working with him, I was like, this guy's a blast. He's yeah. fantastic. What are people talking about? These guys, this, everyone should be like this. I love this guy. So it, it did not take me any time to be like, holy crap. What is wrong with this That's guy? Good. He's so festive. He's so yeah. fun. <laughs> you know, what? he was like my favorite person to work with. Yeah. That's, you know, and I have similar stories like that, but you know, what's crazy to me. And I always think about this is like some people would be super cool to that guy and still like on their own terms. Oh with yeah. Their family would still bash. It's yeah. very strange to me. Yeah. Even with race. I've noticed that with race living around here, you'll get somebody that's extremely racist. You know, they'll say, you know, all these things, but they get around someone of the opposite race and it's like, you know, they're not true to themselves. I mean, I don't think they should call them, you know, the N word or whatever. But I mean, what are you? You know, what? at the end of the day, you can't be happy, with, <laughs> you know, that you're just too complete. I mean, it's but it's like they can do it. And it's like the switch is turned off. Yeah, because they'll be cordial to them. And I don't, which is man, good. It's not yeah, it's like you said, good. it's good. They don't come and be like, I hate you. But still, at the same time, you're like, uh, why? Why can't they walk away and think, <laughs> you know, hey, that that guy was cool and you know, he's of a different race. So maybe I've been full of crap my whole life. Right. Exactly. But it's so strange to me both ways. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So we solved, we solved those problems. (laughs) No, we have just listen to, (laughs) all right. So listen, do you remember what we were talking about? Does anyone listen? Hey, he remembered. Right. So I was talking about, uh, the reverence and respect for all beings being a, a cornerstone of Buddhist philosophy. Uh, sky burials are practical because of the fact that timber is scarce in Tibet, making cremation not very feasible, and the hard rocky ground makes traditional burial almost impossible. By placing the corpse on a mountaintop, animals of prey, such as carry-on birds, devour the flesh. 
eventually leaving a picked clean skeleton behind. Once this happens, the bones are retrieved and pounded into dust, which is then mixed with, and I I don't know for sure, but I think cornmeal, which if any, if that's a big de- detail to anyone, then look it up, I guess. But I, I, I couldn't find exactly specifically, but I think it's cornmeal, which is then... Uh, return to the mountaintop and eaten by crows. That way it leaves absolutely no trace of the remains and mm. you have completely given the deceased body, body back to nature. In and, that yeah, way. that's like cremation, but there's something about crema- cremation that, you know, the floor and fauna doesn't take advantage of you, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, you're basically taking, you know, burning nutrients. So I don't, I'm pretty certain by now I, at this point, I don't want cremated. Really? Yeah, I, I would never want it. Are you want? Well, well, okay, well, let's. We got one more, but let's. I, I'm curious. Where I'm you, not sure. I mean, but I mean, hopefully, by the time that it's my time, some of the other there'll be some more methods, and I can pick from those. You know, the thing where you plant the tree, I have a huge problem with that because I've told you this before. You know, you plant the tree of your dad, and then it's it's growing, and it has you know four or five years of awesome growing. Yeah, and then lightning strikes it. And it's like you've lost dad again. <laughs> you know, you're just over it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dad's dead again. Yeah. You know, so I don't know about that. Yeah. Don't do anything as impermanent as a tree. Yeah. Man, like in my backyard, when I first bought this place, uh-huh. I, well, it was a little while later, I planted that willow tree. Yeah. And a peach tree. Yeah. The willow tree stood for about four years, got pretty tall. The peach tree, I think I planted it two years. Within the same day last summer, this is freaking bizarre, but I just came home from work, went out in the backyard. Within the same day, both of those trees, just overnight, just turned yellow and just crispy. They really? died. They completely died. Yeah. And I, like what? The, and they're not even close together. There's yeah. other trees around them and they were really far apart, but it was just like overnight. Ooh, they just kind of died. Root, root bacteria or something. I don't there. know what it was, but I was super bummed because yeah. I was, I was estimated that like, this summer I'm possibly could have gotten peaches, you know, cause there yeah. was blooms all over yeah. and stuff. Anyway, no one gives yeah. a shit about that. No, no, that's cool. I like stuff. Like that. <laughs> that's cool. So I want to talk about, this is the last method of burial. Okay. Uh, so who all out there has ever heard of Zoroastrianism? Mm, not me. All right. I've told you about it before. Okay. Zoro- yeah, okay. So a form of sky burials was also practiced by Zoroastrians. This is one of the world's oldest religions with the prophet Zarathustra himself dating back to the 6th century BC, although some have presented evidence of him existing as far back as the 10th century BC. Uh, Zoroastrianism is a monotheistic faith, meaning one God. It's centered around dualistic cosmology, good versus evil, with the prophet Zarathustra being sent to deliver the message of the creator, Ahura Mazda. If this sounds familiar, that's because I just described the same belief structure as Christianity except for it is believed Zoroastrianism existed hundreds of years before. But anyway, the body would be placed atop tall circular structures called dakma, where they would be eaten by vultures for the purpose of excarnation. That's the removal of all flesh and organs from the skeleton before burial. Zoroastrians believe that the moment a person's soul left their body, the corpse demon Avastan would rush in to fill the void, contaminating everything it touched. Therefore, corpses were viewed as toxic, highly polluted with evil energy. That's good. Because if you were in like the case of like the plague, that was, you know, could have saved. Yeah. It could have saved a lot of lives and see the other thing where we're talking about where they're hanging out with their dead 
family members. Yeah. I just wonder if there's ever been any kind of outbreak of anything. I know, right? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like you go in and the whole the whole family's dead except for like one guy. <laughs> it's like <laughs> something's happening here. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, but um, to me, you know, I, I'm you know talking uh, out of my element here, but you know the bacteria thing. It's it's got to be harmful bacteria. Oh well, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And well, you know, maybe the mummification process removed sure. a lot of that. Sure. I don't know exactly what that yeah. process was for these yeah. people. Yeah. Um, well, not for these people, but for the Tarajan people. But I don't know. I didn't come across any cases of, but yeah. if it was a plague or something, yeah. it would, it would, that would be like the perfect environment. That'd be really bad. Yeah, news. for sure. Uh, the vultures complete removal of all flesh from the bones was seen as a form of purification. This way the remains could be then be buried without polluting the earth with the evil energies from the bodies. A fairly common belief among cultures that practice sky burials is that if vultures do not consume the body or if they leave any part of it behind, that person must have committed too many sins in their life, making their flesh too dirty or contaminated to eat the surviving family's failure to pr- properly Observe funeral rituals could also result in the vulture vultures. It's hard, hard to say reluctance to consume the body. Oh man. Yeah. It's like your family member letting you down again. You know, <laughs> it's like, Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm throwing any jokes there, but sure. Why not? Like the vultures won't even eat him. <laughs> must've been terrible. I knew he was bad news. I bet it was that tape. He didn't take back to blockbuster. <laughs> And he never played the paid the late or it was the Columbia house. You know, he didn't stand good on that. Columbia. He, no one did. No, <laughs> I don't know a single person that ever paid. For it's, those a, it's a good thing. Something from when I was 13 isn't on my credit report. Now, how did they stay in business? <laughs> well, well I guess be, they did. because some people paid and, and once, once, you know, you paid 20 something a month or something. Yeah. I don't know. I never that. paid it. I just got my 12 CDs and I was like, Haha. for a penny. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. B and G or was another one? BMG. I can't remember which, but what's awesome is they would send you a CD every, it was like selection of the month. And if you didn't want it and didn't want to pay for it, you had to mail it back. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And they charge you for it if you didn't. Yes. Well, that's how I, that's how I discovered when I was only like 14 or something, 15. That's how I discovered Elvis Costello. Oh, it was the best yeah. of Elvis Costello and the attractions. Yeah. And I was like, oh, look, a free CD. So I just opened it and popped it in. And I was like, this is awesome. And I've loved him ever since. Yeah. Poor Columbia House. I mean, they had to have made money on that model or they wouldn't have done it. I guess so. But I yeah. literally, me, all my friends, I don't know anyone who actually fulfilled their obligation to yeah. Columbia House. Well, I mean, they're, they're, you know, you're not old enough, so they shouldn't do that. Right. It was kind of strange. I wonder if they still have that. Anyway, I don't feel like Googling it right now. I don't think that. Why, why? How could that model exist? Yeah. You know, who even buys CDs anymore? They're no. like 50 cents at Walmart. Brand. Remember when a CD used to be like 18 bucks yeah. when it first came yeah. out? Now they can't give them away. See, we should have never went CDs. We should have done mini discs like the Japanese did because it was like a cartridge that was protected. And now... Well, of course, it's not now. It's a few years ago. I watched a report about it. This thing, this thing called CD rot. Oh, you told me about it. Yeah. To where, you know, if you have a bunch of CDs out there and, and even if you kept them in good condition, there's a chance that they won't won't play because of some kind of imperfection in the plastic. And it just it's like it's just deteriorating over time. Yeah, and it looks fine, but it doesn't play. Mm-hmm. So now anyway. records don't do that, right? Vinyl? I don't think so. I've got some vinyl from 
1920 uh, something yeah. in the teens. Yeah. Where it's like really thick. Yeah. And it says for Victrola sound machines yeah. on his. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, still plays. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that, by the way, before we, we end this, I don't know if we're close to that, but the Zor- Zoroastrianism, um, mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury, his family. Oh, yeah. Were, were, oh, that's yeah, cool. That was their religion. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they put, I don't think they put Freddie Mercury on a mountaintop to be yeah. eaten, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably just an extreme, one extreme example of right. their, their, uh, something they do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, hey, another podcast in another country could you know, have to do the same type of episode and say things about the, what we, what we do. Yeah. And you th- know, there are a lot they could more, probably, but... you know, a more conservative culture could, could be like, they even have a thing called a viewing where the people walk through and look at the dead body. Ooh, they just look at it. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, this sounds kind of tame compared to some of this stuff, but uh Yeah. Um, well, I the, mean, the cremation, some culture might think they just burn them. Yeah. You know? That's weird. And then the, yeah, and uh, the culture where you're not even supposed to touch the body. Yeah. My my mother, my mom and dad, you know, I kissed them both on the forehead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people do that. You yeah. lean over, oh, yeah. and, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. The differences in cultures and and things like that. Yeah. And there was a lot more. I saw a lot more, but, you know, we, we typically try to keep this to like an hour. Or so so we could easily do a part two at some point on death rituals because this is just like this was literally only like two or three. And there's so many. This one's not a death ritual, but I was watching something on Nat Geo one time and it was about bizarre foods and other cultures. And one that I'll never forget is <laughs> anyway, they would take the seal flipper like a flipper off a seal and they would, they would cut it off and they'd put it in this bucket and they'd throw the bucket under the house for like months. What? And they'd, they'd open it up and you know, even the people that would open it up would, would, would like kind of gasp, you know, oh they'd like, oh, and you know, they'd take this thing out and they would cut it up and eat it. And it was like supposed to be like, like for good luck, kind of like our black eyed peas. They didn't even cook it. I don't think they cooked it. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like green and and uh, so I'll never forget that. Well, you know, okay. So think about this. Like this morning, I got up. Do you know what I ate? What sill flipper? I ate the. <laughs> yeah, it'd been under the house for six months. I ate the unfertilized egg embryo from chicken. The yeah the the period. Uh, yeah, I ate yeah. three of them. Yeah, and then that's I, bizarre. I also ate slaughtered and ground up hog. Yeah. So yeah. if you really, I mean, really, if you want to think about it in those terms. I mean, yeah, anything, anything, you know, you could really spin it and, you know, think it's of like, it as. Yeah. Yeah. I ate something that came out of a chicken's ass. Yeah. Think about that. I did too. <laughs> and it was, it was runny this morning. <laughs> I had over easy. <laughs> so did I. That's the only way I'll eat them. Yeah. I mean, I'll eat it. I'll eat an egg anyway. Yeah. They're fantastic, but I always. Anyway, no one cares how I eat my eggs, but anyway. Yeah. Over over easy is just yummy. It's just yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, you put it on bread and it kind of gets the bread. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's open day. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, hey. Check you put mustard up. on it? I like mustard on them. No. Yeah, it's good with mustard. Have you ever put an over easy egg and I'm going to, whoever listens to this, it is absolutely fantastic on a hamburger. No, I've, but I've had that before. You at, have? At a restaurant, yeah. A bacon cheeseburger yeah. with an over-easy uh, egg on it is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I bet it is. Oh, my God. And I, so like at Frederick's. A ton of protein, yeah. Yeah. 
I ordered that at Frederick's. Yeah. Like the first time, no one there had heard of it. They thought I was joking them. And now they call it the Joey, you know, oh, and they make cool. fun of me. It's like, that's disgusting. Oh, no, it's not. Whatever. You take the bike, you sop it up in the yolk there. Yeah. Oh, my no, that God. Doesn't sound, that doesn't sound nasty at all. Kids that sounds amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny what we like. It's funny how our tastes change because my whole life, the thought of mushrooms like made me nauseous. Oh, okay. Something. Well, my wife loves mushrooms. Yeah. And I don't know. She started sauteing them. I just started eating them. I've liking a lot of stuff. Since I met her, that I really haven't tried. But anyway, 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 I love, like, we went to an Italian restaurant last night. My appetizer was stuffed mushrooms. And then I had chicken marsala, which was covered in mushrooms. Yeah, I'm just good. eating it like crazy now. No, that's good. It's mushrooms so are amazing. I take, uh, I, I mean, I eat mushrooms sometimes, but I uh, daily I take uh, lion's mane, yes. cordyceps, and reishi. And, uh, you know, um, I can tell the day when I skip it. I want to start taking all that ever since I listened to Paul Stamets on Joe Rogan. So uh, um, on Amazon, I got I got a set of uh, just like capsules, and it's got all of those in it. And I think it was like for forty of them, I think it's like ten bucks. I after the podcast, give me that info, yeah, because I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I need all the help I can get. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not a huge difference, but um, you know, I take that, and then I take this um, amazing grass supplement every morning. And like, I do those two things together. So if I skip, I skip both usually because I'm in a hurry or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I can tell, I mean, it's just, it's just different. Um, and it might be placebo. I don't know. But I mean, if you look at the ingredients of that, uh, supplement, I take a ton of vitamins B12. I mean, so that's gotta be, that's gotta be some one reason that yeah. everything feels different. And there's actually even some mushrooms in that. So, uh, Yeah. I don't know if it works. It makes me feel like it, it makes me feel better and I feel like it works. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I take, <laughs> if uh, the placebo is getting me, I'm going to let it get me. <laughs> I take a herbal cognitive enhancer, yeah. but I can't remember what it's called. And then yeah. I take, I take like <laughs> a big, some irony in that. I know. <laughs> well, I don't even know if I've ever. Looked. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> it just says cognitive enhancer, but yeah. then you have to like read the back. No, it, it yeah. says like the name, which yeah. is whatever, some crazy name. But I take that and like vitamin C and then there's like this Biodolph seven type stuff. I yeah. Know, IAG, you know, yeah. you know, you know, my wife, she's all into this, yeah. all the herbal stuff. So I yeah. take all the big handful of herbal stuff. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what the hell that has to do with anything, but oh, I'm never going to we die because about. of it. That's yeah. why I'll yeah. never have a funeral Immortality. ritual. Bitches. That's right. I'm going to live forever. Gotcha. That's the, having the last laugh on all of your enemies is outlive everybody. Yeah. That, that is uh, not verbatim, but that was speaking of Burgess Meredith from the last uh, episode we talked about Twilight okay, Zone. Yeah. In, uh, what's the name? I can't remember the name of that movie. I didn't take my <laughs> cognitive enhancer. Uh, he's the old man. Oh my God. No one wants to hear me try to think of a movie name, but here it goes. Oh, you're talking about like Cocoon? No, not Cocoon. Oh. It's got. Was um, he in Cocoon? No, I don't think it was. Matthew and Jack Lemon in it. Oh, yeah. Grumpy old man. Uh, yeah, grumpy old man. So his dad, the one that's like, I smoke a cigarette, need a pound of bacon every day. Yeah. And I've outlived everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There are that. there are older people that do that. And and you know, uh you know, really if you want to, if you wanted to live as long as possible, it's very good, difficult to do around here because of dietary restrictions. But um, you know, it's all about caloric intake. I mean, you know, the the people that I've read you know, caloric intake, not too much, not too little. And then also you look at these things called, I think they're blue zones. I think it's not green zones, it's blue zones. So they, so they did a, a lot of studies and it's really common. It's like a common sense study, but you know, they really looked at it in depth. 
So they looked at who lives the longest around the world. And so then what they did is they went to that place where the, those people live the longest and, and studied them and, and checked their diet. It was like some small island off of China. Well, I mean, something. it's a lot of places. There's yeah. a lot of blue zones. Okay. But one thing eh, that gets us meat. They don't eat a lot of meat. No blue zone place eats a lot of meat. Really? I mean, maybe one time a week. If not, they're not a blue blue zone. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables is another thing, but then, but oftentimes they have, you know, some unique items that, you know, you just can't get anywhere, you know? So, uh, duck vagina. Yeah, that's right. That's the secret. And good luck finding those. No, really, Louis C.K. has a joke about being in Chinatown, and it was just like a bucket of fried. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then the, his, the joke was like, "Good luck finding those." How much more can you conquer a species than when you have a bucket <laughs> of their? Yeah. We won. It's like, we won. Wow, we yeah. really just took them to task. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a, yeah. But then the joke goes on and I don't, hopefully I'm not plagiarizing because I'm saying it was Louis Yeah, you gave him credit. I did that to McDonald all the time. Yeah. He was like, I was scared to taste one because what if I really love duck vagina? Then you can never find it again. You're never going to, yeah, it's not like readily available. Yeah, no, it's not. It's pretty rare. I haven't heard of it. Yeah. So there you go. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, That was 24 uh, about some funeral rituals and a lot of other things. A lot of other things. So we'll see you next time or we'll talk to you next time on 25. Adios.